Welcome to the podcast. Tell us what you really think. Where Sean and Anthony basically just tell you what we really think. We cover all things property, finance, and technology. And we are brought to you by www.ratetracker.com.au. Rightio, we're back. Uh, we had a little little bit of a siesta towards the end of last year. Got a little bit manic there heading into, into Christmas and everything. Anthony, welcome back. Sean, pleasure to be here. Yes, it's been too long, but... Um now we've got a bit of, bit more time. We're definitely going to dedicate more time to this and sharing our thoughts. Yeah, for sure. And it's going to, going to change a little bit. Obviously, we spend all of our lives in finance, property and technology. So we're just going to focus on those, those three topics more. So um, keep it really direct. And with the show, we're basically just going to cover off on a couple of topics each fortnight. Try and keep it under 20 minutes just to make sure it's short, sharp and snappy and people can get the information they need with current affairs. Today's episode, without further ado, we're going to kick off on a couple of, a couple of really hot topics in the media at the moment. Anth, you want to fire off on the first one? Yeah, sure. So is the world going to end if interest rates rise? Ask Channel 9 News and they'll probably <laughs> say yes. Uh, we'll cover off on that and then we'll cover off on why it's a little bit too late to fix your home loan. So been obviously huge changes, but you don't really see these things happening uh, at the point in time they happen. You only really notice when it's too late. And then the third one? Improved commercial lending conditions as well as mortgage hostage and how that works and, and why there's some great new products. Yeah, so. another another big topic in the market, mortgage hostage. They love grabbing that one every couple of months and launching something about it. And now we've uh, we finally got some good solutions for it. So before we jump into the three topics, we're just going to cover off every week or every, uh, every episode on the property update in Australia and whether or not it's a boom or gloom scenario based on the narrative in the, in the marketplace. Mm. What are your thoughts on the marketplace now, February 2022? Yeah, so last year, no doubt, was uh, extremely strong. And I think some of the data came out um, now. The year has ended. Australian dwellings went up 22-odd percent. Was uh, Solid. Was Yeah, was what uh, CoreLogic uh, announced. But now we're, what we're seeing is is it's a lot cooler in terms of the market conditions. It's not as, not as hot and, and manic and frantic. And uh, I think everyone thought that this year was going to start as strong, if not stronger, than, uh, than what it ended last year. But um, SQM Research, who's uh, Louis Christopher, who's he's a, he's a great, uh, I guess, uh, commentator. He, he commentates and he watches on a lot of the property listing numbers. And so he's actually announced that, um, that, they've, um, that Sydney market is only 2.8% higher than January of last year. And Melbourne has actually recorded a 12.9% drop on new listings. Mm. So that's that's pretty big. And you can feel it. I mean, people have been looking for property, a lot of them for, for sort of six months, 12 months, um, and the fussy ones, even 18 months to two years, and basically just keep getting uh, pushed further and further along uh, without without any keys. The, the listings have been slow. There was a little bit of a, a peak there um, in probably the uh, September to December quarter um, last year in 2021. The... The stock was eaten up pretty quickly. It started to plateau a little bit towards Christmas there where the properties would get listed and they may actually run a full campaign. There was most of 2021. They wouldn't even make it a week into the campaign and the prop- any good quality properties would be gone. Um, mm. With the listings this year, 
what do you what do you think what do you think's attributing to the the lack of listings i mean shit there's there's plenty of property in the city mm. um the population hasn't increased significantly and yeah. if anything has dropped with the mass exodus to brisbane last year um what's making people hesitant to list their properties yeah definitely there's there's multitude of of reasons you've got less government stimulus there's a whole lot of stimulus over the 12 last 12 18 months giving people a lot more money to do things affordability big one because obviously it's jumped up that 22 odd percent mm. over the last 12 months so that's that's becoming challenging um the fixed uh fixed loans going up already and we'll go yeah. into a bit of detail there as well as in some areas tightening of, of credit conditions so that they yeah. seem to be the the majority of it and uh and then obviously you know the, the election coming up yeah we mentioned yeah, and we'll, um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the election in, in other episodes as well. I think that's going to play a big part in the in the 2022 situation. But I think one of the things with the the hysteria that was around last year and driving prices, like we, we saw properties that were, you know, purchased. I know we, we looked at Red Hill and mm-hmm. what happened there. We had properties that were purchased, you know, only two years ago at $1.1 million and they were up for $2.2 million. Like we're talking enormous, enormous unfathomable growth in certain pockets when you look at that and you think well how that's going to discourage a lot of buyers for even even trying that's yes. going to discourage a lot of people from going to market um i'm surprised it hasn't enticed people to try and say i want a slice of, of that pie yeah. i want to try and get that now there was that late situation last late last year yeah, where everyone sure. thought oh jump shit on the i can wagon. yeah i can jump on the bandwagon and i can just basically pick my price that i don't think is going to happen this year i think people are a little bit smarter people are a little bit more patient and they probably think well if i can if i can stand stand here and wait for the right property to come along i reckon mm. they probably have a better crack at getting it rather than going out and spending you know 10 20 percent higher more more than what you expected to yeah so the interesting one um yeah for sure we'll keep a keep a close eye on that and mm. uh like i said we'll cover that that property doom uh, uh boom or gloom every episode now let's jump into the first topic this is uh, this is probably one that is is going to be again around for the year. So, when we look at the interest rates, they've been. I mean, they're in the in the media every month. Yeah, we're talking about them every day. Every the day. <laughs> um, you know what will happen if they rise? Is the world going to end if they rise? What's what's your take on it based yeah. on where we're at now? Yeah, definitely. Look, interest rates in the in the ones and twos really. It doesn't seem it's too sustainable for a long period of uh, time. It's obviously created this huge um, increase in property prices over the last 12, 18 months. It was obviously done because of the global pandemic and all the challenges there. But rates are going to have to increase. It's just not sustainable saying at these levels. So it's not the, you know, if, it's just when. And that's what everyone kind of doesn't know. Yeah. You've got some economists coming in saying it's next month, some economists coming in and saying it's next year. Yeah. And the RBA is pretty adamant it's going to still be next year but one of the things i'm really confident that i think not going to happen it's not going to be significantly increased quickly yeah it's going to be incremental and, and slow what yeah i mean they can't they can't increase it aggressively because if we look at some of the if we look at some of the things that we're seeing on the front line as as brokers and seeing what people are buying and what they're borrowing mm. people have, have extended themselves a lot 
Yep. If we went back 18 months and said, all right, what's, a, what's sort of a, a standard? I guess even if you use the multiple of their income, people are extending themselves. They're much more comfortable to go out and spend, you know, two, two and a half, three million dollars on the property. Two years ago, that would have got you nearly anything you wanted. Mm. Whereas now, that doesn't get you anything you wanted. Yeah. And basically, uh, people seem like they're more open to the idea of having that much debt. So yeah. you go and throw, you know, five interest rate rises at those people. They're going to feel that, especially when they've got one, two, two and a half, three million dollars worth of debt leveraged against their name. All of a sudden, their payments go up by fifteen thousand dollars a year. Mm. That's going to that's going to cripple some people. So I think they they're going to have to tread very carefully. They're obviously going yeah. to have to be smart, um, but we'll we'll wait and see what happens with that. We've never been able to predict it in the past. It's been very difficult. <laughs> yeah, so no, I don't think anyone's ever predicted it right. And every, yeah. every there's always someone saying they're going up, always someone saying they're going down. So yeah, definitely. I, I think I don't think it'll go. It can't go down anymore. I mean, it can't. We no. can't encourage people to go that's and spend stopped. more on property. That's um, that definitely stopped. <laughs> investment properties are effectively free at the moment because rates are so low, mm. rents are so high, and we've seen rents increase across all mm. regional and capital cities. Um, so when you look at that that formula, we can't really put more fuel to the fire in, yeah. in that scenario. So I reckon a little bit more stability, and we'll we'll wait and see how yeah. how the population respond. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be going uh, exponentially up. And even though America, you see the inflation of seven and a half percent. I think it's uh, was was reported, and they're talking a half a percent rate rise, you know, as as early as next month. You know, Australia's different to that. We're not mm. at those levels. We didn't print all that money. That I think you've got a bit of data on that as well, but um, that you can talk about later. But yeah, it just seems like it's going to be gradual, and um, and it's and it's I guess um, demonstrated in how fixed rates are priced at the moment. Yeah. Which will um, which will will be covered in the next topic, which we'll move on to now. Was so fixed rates? Fixed rates were the dominant product selection for most of our clients for what? Probably two years, mm. probably eighteen months, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, fixed rates dropped. You know, you could you could get them at one point seven nine fixed for two years, and that's that's just insanely low. You'd be crazy not to. Mm. Now, Melbourne Cup last year. Yep. A lot of things were happening in the background while everyone's focus was on the lockdowns being lifted and everyone's focus was on, you know, all the excitement of the end of the year approaching and, and, and new beginnings on the horizon. We saw fixed rates go up how many times with most lenders have gone up three to four times. Yeah, and, and in that one month, lenders went up at least twice. Yeah. At yeah. least twice, and, and it happened quickly. So unfortunately, with some of our clients, we did get caught out in terms of they didn't tell us and they did it overnight. Some others were able to rate lock, which was yeah. able to fix in that, lock in that rate um, before their loan settled. But, yeah, it was, it was a pretty crazy time for us. And I think those markets um, which we can explain that the the reason the fixed rates and the variable rates don't follow the same pricing trends is because the the money comes from different market sources. So the when fixed rates are priced, their fixed rates are priced that it has nothing to do with the RBA cash rate. Yeah. So there's the very bond. little influence. Um, the the swap swap market is completely different where they're getting that money. So you're never going to see a correlation between those two. And I think that's where the water's muddy a little bit, that people are yeah. led to believe that fixed rates and variable rates are the same. Yes, um, and how they're... Which, yeah. I mean, it was all well and good while the fixed rates were 1.79% and they were taking them all, and then now they're all confused and annoyed that they're not that low. Yeah. Um, however, what we noticed was when a lot of the lenders reduced their fixed rates, they, uh, sorry, increased their fixed rates so substantially over a period of, say, four to six weeks... The variable rates dropped with a lot of lenders by up to half a percent. 
And no one talked about that. No one talked about that. How much yeah. fat in the margin do the banks fucking have <laughs> that they can drop it by half a percent just, without just, even thinking yeah. about it? So it's funny, yeah. So that, that fixed rate, it's, it's, a, it's a futures market that they're pricing their loans on. Yeah, that, that could go up dramatically because they think their rates are going to go up eventually. But, yeah, the variable could just plummet down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we're now seeing variables in the 1.99 space, which is insane. I mean, the, when, when fixed rates were at 179.189, variables were at 279.289, some at 25, whatever. Yeah. But there, there was still a, over a half a percent difference. Now it's gone the other way where what are the differences we're seeing now in between a fixed and variable rate? I yeah. Think, if, like if you looked at the lowest variable rates in the market versus the average two-year fix, which is probably still the cheapest. Mm. Yeah, so what, you said variable of 1.99 or call it yeah. 2%. Yeah, pretty common. And and fixed rates, uh, you would say probably 2.7, 2.8. Yeah. And that's probably best case scenario. Yeah, and a lot like even even some of our, our, our favourite lenders that have the lowest variable rates, their fixed rates are now in the threes. Threes. Because they're just like, we're not we're either A, not interested in it, yep. or B, the funding is so expensive, this is where we need to price it. So yep. regardless, the boat has sailed to, to fix your rates. I can't see variable rates exceeding the current advertised fixed rates in the timeframes that you can fix for. So the banks aren't stupid and they pay people in high places a lot of money to make these decisions as to what this is going to be priced at so that they make money. They're not a charity. They're not going to give us the money um, in, in our pocket. Yes, a lot of people picked that. It was a good time to fix at 1.89. Well done. It was. Um, that was that was a very, very clever move. Um, some people fix for three years at 1.9. Yeah. They're, they're fucking laughing. Yeah. But Great. right now the boat sailed. We wouldn't make any recommendations for people to fix only because um, – the, the gap is probably not going to be closed by the time your fixed rate expires. Yeah. Um, we're still doing a few where they hedge their bets, where they yep. say, I want a bit fixed just for certainty and I want a bit variable because I like mm. the lower repayment. So we'll see. We'll see yep. how that plays out. Yeah, definitely. Um, now to cover off on the third point is the lending conditions. And, and we said in the intro that the mortgage hostage scenario has been in the news for just over two years. Um, once rates dropped from the considerable highs of the fives and sixes and so percents. Yes. They dropped all the way to, well, I guess they're still dropping to, to 1.99 now. Yes. A lot of people had their situation change where they can no longer show the bank with the current regulations that they can afford to refinance their mortgage. Mm-hmm. So they're stuck on interest rates of 3.5%, 4%, to you know, whatever it might be. They might yeah. be stuck with a, a second-tier lender. Or a, for a low-doc loan for some self-employed clients. Yeah, exactly. And they've maintained their repayments perfectly for five years. Yeah. But they can't do shit. Yep. So that's what created the mortgage hostage discussion and it was recommended that the banks mm-hmm. review how they approach this. Yes. Let's, uh, let's drop the bombshell on what's happened this week yeah. in, the, in, the, in the prime major sort of banking yeah. sphere. Yeah, great. So multitude of banks have released new product where you have to just demonstrate you'd be able to t- uh, you've been able to conduct your loan perfectly over the last 12 months. And it doesn't matter if um, your serviceability and you you demonstrate that you can service the loan, that's put to the side and they're just focusing on that loan. As long as you don't want to increase that loan limit Mm -hmm. and you just want to refinance the current loan amount, give or take five grand, um, that they will simply look at just refinancing that loan, no questions asked. 
Think about the number of people stuck in that situation that are going to be able to benefit from this. Yeah, huge, huge. Like, we're going to go through a process of contacting a lot of our clients just to see how they're going if we can simply look at adopting this product. Mm. It's not only in the residential, it's in the commercial space as well. So a lot mm. of homeowners as well as investors. Um, we And we, and there have been certain circumstances, well, a lot of circumstances, we've just told clients we can't, they don't fit the bank's criteria. So it's going to help a lot of mm. customers. And so if you've got any friends or family or people you know that are kind of maybe in that situation... Yeah, reach out to someone or reach out to us and, and to, to resolve it for them. Yeah, and you feel like a bit of an idiot when they come and say, hang on, but I'm, I don't get it. I'm paying I'm paying four grand a month now yeah. and you're telling me that if I can refinance it's going to be three grand a month, but you're telling me I can't service it because I can't show. I've been managing it for two years and you yeah. feel a bit fucking dumbfounded trying to explain to them, Yeah, I'm really sorry, but this is just the way the system works that we need to demonstrate you can afford it on these terms. Yes. So it's a, it's a huge, huge change and it's going to help not only um, those people get into better positions, it'll then free up their cash flow for their family and it'll also then potentially give them the opportunity to look at other avenues like investment that they haven't been able to because they've been locked up on a, on a, on a high-rate mortgage. So that'll be a, an interesting space to watch and something we're going to be hugely active in with, with our clients and, and also just spreading the word about that. Yeah, can't wait. Um, the fact that that now just quickly on that one before we move on to the the closing notes is that applicable for investment and owner occupied products? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So, and like I mentioned, yeah, residential, commercial. So it's um it's going to cater for limitless. It's going to cater for, for for all clients, and um yeah, we can't wait to uh, to roll it out and talk about it a bit more with with the the product and the rates and and what's available. Huge, huge, huge progress. Um, look, in, in closing notes, that's the state of play where we stand now. Um, there's still a few unknowns and um, the world is still pretty crazy, right? So things can change really quickly as we're all well and truly accustomed to now. Yep. Um, hard to predict things. Very hard to predict <laughs> things. Hard to, it's hard, hard, to, hard to think about what you're going to do next week. Um, the property market for the rest of the year. Obviously, we'll do it on a regular basis. But what's your what's your opinion right now? Yeah, I just can't see in the exponential growth as last year. You know, and I don't know if you call it plateauing. Um, you just just more just seems like to it's going to be bubbling along. It's been a slow start to the year with the listings, so it seems to it's going to take a bit a while to get going. With all, all the talk, it just seems like it's just going to be not as uh, crazy and aggressive as last year, which it probably it's a good thing. At the end of the day, it's not sustainable what happened no. last year. No, no, which not is, at all. Which is good if we can do that and not go down, and it probably won't. But see how we go. Yeah, and we. Um I think we we looked at some of the some of the figures. Um, you need to you need to be mindful of the possible outcomes. And right now we've got we've got the share market. You know, it, it's starting to get a little bit shaky with some of the tech stocks and some of the articles coming out with you know twenty twenty five percent reductions in um, in prices as they that release their yeah. they release their figures. Yeah. Um, look, those those companies are going nowhere. In, in a short period of time, but they're, they're, some of those stocks, for example, are valued at over 30, 40 times their annual revenue, <laughs> not their profit, yeah. their revenue. Some of them aren't even profitable and they're valued at 30 to 40 times it's their crazy. revenue. So you got to think, well, who the fuck is valuing that? that particular entity at that level who's who put that number on it to say that that stock was worth that amount there is there is also um a a little bit more uh uncertainty with the election 
coming up this year, which we'll yep. cover, cover in more depth in the next episode. Yep. But I think it's just a matter of being wary, keeping your ear close to the ground, mm. not, not being influenced by things that are outside of your individual circumstances because that's a big thing. That massive FOMO uh, issue was huge last year and I think one of the things that drove the property market to that level of hysteria. So fingers crossed we do yeah. get that plateau of of emotion and we can we can just see things stable out a little, little bit. As, uh, People as were happy to sit on the sidelines maybe first half of this year at least. Yeah. And, you know, just seeing what happens in the second half. No Things worries. Like a bit of talk. And but, we'll, um, we'll, yeah, ta- we'll tailor wait. those opinions as the uh, as the weeks go on. Beauty. Good, good episode. Good to be back.